0: And to pray for leaders, to pray for all of our leaders. Because if that breaks down, then the enemy can come in and start to to uh, hinder your kingdom from coming forth. Father, we thank you that we have... Uh, Strength within and that we can't create strength without and so we thank you for that opportunity and understanding we thank you also lord for the word that you have prepared for us today to give us knowledge and understanding how to do good and how to do your will and we thank you for it father in jesus name amen praise god amen 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 so we're talking about god's husbandry or god's method of um, sowing and reaping really method of living for us that he's planned for us and how to to uh, take care of uh, life down here on on earth um, based upon God's laws and God's rules Um, God provided land for the nation of Israel that was the thing that he uh, gave to each and every person and we were saying that that is similar to what we have in the new covenant with God giving to every man the measure of faith so he's given us faith to live on Where he gave Israel natural land to live on uh, with the kingdom in the new covenant being spiritual kingdom we have spiritual tools and spiritual um, uh, implements to use so our faith really is the land that we are given to possess. And it's really a tool to to plow the land. Uh, the land happens to be uh the the um, i guess you could say everything that's in your vision to possess in your life would be considered land. it would be your uh your purpose in life your calling in god your uh um, family life all of those things are land that you possess and of course you possess them with faith you use your faith as a tool uh, to possess the things that you, you desire in life so every piece of, of land was God given it was given by lot you were given a certain uh, your number was pulled and that was what you had and the Bible says the fall of the lot belongs to the Lord so whatever is your thing that God's giving you to do that's God given and it's given to every man in an equitable fashion so God didn't start out wanting to bless one person more than another it was all God given but what you do with it determines your level of blessing and so God told the man to be fruitful multiply subdue the earth and replenish it and so the earth needs replenishing Always needs tending. It needs to be cared for. Uh, not worshipped but cared for. There's a difference. So there are some people that, that feel like they're, uh, the universe is in control of things. They want to talk to everybody but God. You see the creator of it. And so when you have relationship with a creator. You're way ahead of the guy that just wants to hug a tree. Or go out and carry a sign. But you know no trees were killed in the production of my sign. Kind of thing. You know to to make their their point about the superiority <laughs> of the earth over people. But God gave us the land to subdue it and that doesn't mean to destroy it you know some of these words sound very strong but they're not in a negative fashion god never gave us anything to destroy satan is the destroyer he gave us himself to worship but he gave us the earth to cause to produce for us so that it would sustain us Hmm. So the earth is to we're to cause it to produce for us so that it can sustain us and sustain life. Now for many years people have laughed at the the Hindu because he worships the cow and there are people starving to death over there. But we're not so far removed from that. You know the new age stuff that we believe, uh, you know, comes very very close to that. It's a form of nature worship instead of a form of God worship, and so we we have to be careful that we understand the the idea that God had in mind for subduing the earth. And really, it only means that we cause the earth to produce. For humanity we bring forth out of the earth that which we need to be sustained and to sustain others and, and um, the plants and I mean the animals and and all of those beings that God created uh, as part of earth life that man is responsible to take care and make sure that those things are taken care of that they can increase uh, it, it doesn't mean. That if God decides for some reason uh, for a, a certain species to cease to be on the earth that we know of, that that we need to go and and try and and keep all of those alive, you know, without His wisdom and understanding of what's going on, you know, people have have discovered now there's some areas where we thought. You know, people didn't live. You're, there's all all kinds of people there we didn't know were there, and so what do we know about okay. what's going on? As he asked Job, "Do you know where the curtain of the sky is nailed up?" I thought, "Gee, I didn't know there was a nail holding the sky up." I, you know, let me shut up, <laughs> so to speak. So a lot of these things that have to do with the excess of the, you know, tending or are, are not not of God you know that God has it so that we do what we do under his authority and he has given us a lot of information a lot of understanding in the word to know exactly how to make the earth produce for us how to tend it and and uh, see to it that Uh, it produces for many many generations Uh, how not to abuse the land you know there's a a rule that you only uh, produce crop for seven years and the, the seventh year you laid off of it to give the earth a chance to replenish itself so that it wasn't overworked and people don't respect that you know it's why we have shortages droughts so forth and so on they pump fertilizer in there so make it produce anyway God's already given you a prescription for that. So we, we really do need to study these things to get good understanding of what God's doing. So we talked about how the, a farmer in the Middle East would always wait on the rain. It was an early rain. And there were really three rain seasons. There was an early rain and then there was a middle rain and a latter rain. Now the, the early and latter are the ones that are mostly talked about. In the Bible, but there were three rainy seasons. The first rain was the most important one, and that one you had to wait for because the ground was so hard it would not sustain the seed and the stain the seed would not. Get planted in. So you needed that moisture to come from heaven in order for, uh, uh, that, that, uh, soil to be ripe for the planting of the seed. We also said that the seed has everything in it to bring forth that, that plant and that plant will bring forth fruit that fruit has seed in it reproducing after its own kind so if if a person god could get a man to tend that to take care of that that process works on its own got me so once that seed's sown the process works on its own mm Why do you think the enemy tries to keep us from sowing the seed? That's his biggest strategy, really, against believers. Tell you everything. That's not that stuff. Don't work. Uh, then people just trying to get your money. Uh, you know, e- 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 look at what you you got. You don't have enough left to live off of. You know, that's always the major uh, blow. Or he'll get you like we were challenging uh, each other earlier to recognize when you have seed. Many times we don't recognize it as seed, and so uh, if if we can can understand that there is going to be a war and a struggle over number one recognizing what seed in our life and getting it in the ground, planting it. Mm-hmm. That the extra pair of shoes that you haven't worn in three years. That's you, do you realize there are homeless people that don't have anything on their feet? You got me, and so these are things that you have to realize. See, this is part of his husbandry of managing the resources of the earth. That's right. It's part of resource management. How well do we manage the earth's resources so that we can always have sufficient, more, all of these things? the The restaurant industry has has almost kind of revolutionized itself in 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 several ways and one is that they recognize that many of the laws that have been enacted health laws to protect uh, the average customer. Has an excess to it that really short changes them from being able to help people other than the customer. This is interesting. Because laws should not hurt anybody. They should be helpful to all. But the paying customer was always the main concern of that industry. That laws have been enacted that prevent them from being able to distribute excess produce not just in the restaurant business but in the businesses that feed into that like different grocery businesses etc etc and so we what they have found is that there is a surplus of leftover unused food that goes nowhere it just is left to rot and then we have all these starving people here So then the government comes in and enacts laws and takes our tax money to feed starving people or people who can't afford or, you know, out of work or something like that all kinds of levels of poverty there when there's excess here that we can't touch because there's a law that says you can't give it to anybody once it's you know given it's whatever whatever you know all that nonsense and so people are finding ways now to give and it's not because they're feeling so wonderful on the inside and all of a sudden want to help poor people you know I think that's part of it but if you look at that industry it has always catered to the paying client and they don't even consider anybody that's broke or poor you know because you got to pay for your food when you got to at least be able to pay your bill but it's it's kind of revolutionized it in a way that is allowing them to get an understanding of a cycle of use good management so forth and so on mainly because many of them have been hit with a certain level of financial discomfort themselves because of the downturn in the economy boy that'll get you thinking all the time won't it that'll get you thinking a lot of things and so what has happened in the restaurant industry is there is like this movement for for them to uh um uh, manage their resources better and leftovers instead of having them tossed out and so forth. There's a plan put in place to salvage leftovers and they can distribute to the needy. They don't just give it over to somebody who gets rid of it for them, but they see to it that people are fed. They have little programs that they have. They might have a day when the restaurant's closed and they'll have volunteer people come in, people who are, are homeless themselves themselves. themselves or something will come in and volunteer and they will set up and have you know days where they can feed those people well it's all coming out of what it would have been thrown away to begin with and so this is this is wise management of resources when we uh, pick up bread from uh, the bakery Panera bakery they, they have a mission statement if you ever go on their website or go in their store they have a mission statement and it has to do with managing resources and their part of that is that they don't throw away anything nor do they try to sell it at a reduced price it's given to people who know how to get it into the hands of people that need it many times if you uh, come into clean. Cleveland we have a the miracle bus goes out once a month parks in front of the uh, one of the uh, high rises where there are a lot of people on social security limited income anybody who wants to come down and get bread is free to come down and get bread there are a couple people who live in those buildings in the and so on alternate days they take bread to their buildings to be distributed and so there is a place where this subduing the earth thing you can understand that's part of subduing yes. wise management of resources is subduing it's not getting as much as you can and throwing it out because you can't eat it all and somebody hungry came to your house and you didn't even make provision for them you got me or your neighbor's hungry and you don't even speak to your neighbor because you know they're not saved or something like that. You got me? And so this this is wise management. If you can look at what you. You you are a manager of resources. It's what God put you here for. You're a manager. So as a manager you need to understand. You know kind of step it up on the inside. And say well you know I'm going to start with managing wisely. What's been put in my hands so far. And if I manage that correctly i'll begin to see that this is something i can continue in and god will start to put more into my hand to manage even better you got me and i can be a manager of resources uh and take it as high as god wants me to take it see this is this is easy to do it's easy to do is to manage resources Huh i you know sometimes i would give things to people and i know they were kind of got a little offended but i did it anyway you know they look just kind of crazy like oh well somebody's giving me something well i don't really need anything any you know embarrassed or whatever but you know you do it anyway it's a seed that you sow you don't do it because people you see that's that's conditional love See that love's conditional because already you don't want to do it anymore because you didn't get the response you thought you were. supposed to. you want God's not telling you to do stuff for the response. He's telling you do it as unto Him. When you do it unto Him, you do it anyway. You got me. I can remember we first started in the ministry. You know, I would give gifts and I made sure everybody got something. Well, I couldn't spend much. I didn't have an income, you know, or anything like that. And so, you know, there were people that. Oh, well, this isn't my size. or this, You know, just complainers. So you just ignore the complainers. Then the bulk of people never said anything. You ignore that too. But you're not motivated. The few that do, you know, like Jesus said, you know, we, we, 10 of them got healed. Only one came back. You're only going to get a 10% return, gratitude wise. Trust me because people forget things you know they don't do it on purpose you forget things or you 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 think in your heart you know i need to thank her for this when i get a minute the minute never comes you know something like that but you don't do that if you're if you're a manager if you're a steward if you have that in your heart and you understand what you're doing you don't do it motivated by a response or turned off by lack of You didn't see Jesus going and quit healing people, quit healing lepers because them nine guys never said anything. Uh So we do it as managers, you do it and as stewards, you do it because it's been mandated to you by God to manage your resources wisely. Now I have stuff that falls through the cracks all the time. You know, you you fix something that's too much. You never get finished eating all of it. You put it in the freezer, and then a month later, you say, "What is that in there?" <laughs> and we recognize it. You know, I, I mean, I'm guilty of that. I'm gonna get better. You got me. I'm gonna get better, but you know, all the time I'm, I'm believing. Well, somebody will come by and we'll put put an extra plate out or something like that. You know, one thing you can say there's never any lack around. You know, so we always have lots of stuff. Now I I pride myself on my stuff, having lots of it. <laughs> my poor husband, he said. He said Baby, what you What? What did you spend that much money on? I said, Well, look around.
1: <laughs> Have you
0: ever had so much stuff in your life? <laughs> stuff is a blessing. <laughs> ever s- miles of stuff. <laughs> Do you question? would you question how dare you question this evidence is here but you know i mean (laughs) husbands are always baffled by that they think it's some kind of like skill that's a gift it's a gift i can't take credit for it please trust me it's just a gift let's call it a gift gift of getting rid of your money so anyway but <laughs> i know i know trust me it's a gift not all women are so endowed and blessed but <laughs> could be they could be <laughs> yeah you got keep working the gift. it gets bigger if you work it uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta gotta keep working again. So anyway, <laughs> but uh, as stewards, we have to we have to rem- remember your stewardship. You know, if you if you have lack look at what you're doing with what you have so I always tell people you, there is something God didn't short change you he's not crippling you you know this has nothing to do with your parents and what you were taught at home and how you did this and how you did that if that were true we wouldn't have the country that we have because this country started with people who were running away from somebody was taking all that they had you know and so we, we have to understand that that there are laws that govern this prosperity, and and being good stewards over what we've been given is is primary. That's our primary responsibility here on the earth. And everybody has something to put in the employ of God so that they can increase. So, in uh, um, uh, there were three other items: we in tilling the land, uh, the instruments for tilling the. The uh, farmer had to implow plow. He had a plow that he would um, work through the earth with. It would, would uh, break open the earth so that that seed could get embedded there. And our plow is really our prayer life. Praying and edifying your spirit. Especially praying in the Holy Ghost—that's how you plow to build up your most holy faith. That's how you get your faith strong, so that you can uh, you can plant. You know when you when you do your confession or you uh, say your prayer before God, edifying your spirit is extremely important, so that your spirit man is involved in the prayer and not your soul so much in your flesh and so once you've edified your spirit and strengthened it you've plowed into plowed over and broken up that fallow ground you know, sometimes problems and concerns can make you can harden and tack down, you know, your your soul and your heart and you feel like, Oh, it's too hard and nothing's gonna move and it's not gonna change. So that has to be plowed out, you know. You have to plow that out. And so the plow is a sharp instrument, it's got a little sharp uh uh point on the end of it and it pricks as it goes through the hardened Ground, and so sometimes our hearts can be hardened. You know, there's a lot of things that God wants to give us and bless us with, but but personal experience and the condition of the earth that we live in now, and uh, attitudes of society, you know, keep it from from being a, a ready understanding. Us getting you know receiving that seed really quickly, and one of the things that I I see having is going to have to reverse itself is people's attitude about marriage and commitment you know if if nothing else changes that's got to change because their people's hearts are so hardened and and they don't think anything about living by themselves and and you think when people are older you know you don't want to be by yourself and and dependent upon I mean now I know a spouse can pass away before you do and that kind of thing but for the most part you don't want to, to To have that as um, you know something that you did by choice you know because you you refused to make a commitment or if somebody did something you got angry and you just divorced was the first thing that popped into your mind you just kept moving on in life. There's going to be a time where you have no place to move on to you know that you're going to have to learn how to get along with somebody but see in the world that we live in now it's kind of like that there's there's no consideration for that kind of thing and you know and and uh, you oh you're better than that you know anytime somebody has a problem in their mail, oh you're better than that you know are you sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) are you sure you know maybe this was designed for me to make me a better person if i can commit to it and and go through it you know that's how you get better you know it's this is nonsense and so many times in the airy relationship people's hearts are really hardened and, and you know in young people they don't have they just picked up attitudes about things that are very callous and very cold and very uncaring you know uh, the, this little group of girls they had somewhere that had a, a pregnancy between these girls they were all going to get pregnant they don't see that as a family situation something to long for and hope for uh, for to settle your life that you can commit your life to to, to a husband and, and a family they just see it as something you just, let's just do this and the child isn't a human being really it's just something that, that they decided they wanted you know and, and that kind of thing so it's, it's really really but your heart would have to be really hardened to to not see uh, that you owe a child a, a normal family life you know a security of of a good family you know there's so many children that are abused because of not having a secure family environment for them to grow up in and you don't know what the child thinks about well my parents don't take care of me and they drop me off here every day and have to be with this person most of when I, and then when i get home they're too tired or too busy or something like that for me and you see what i'm saying there's no security there i don't, I don't care what you think personally but that doesn't seem like a, the secure environment god had in the beginning in the beginning it was not so. And so in the beginning there was no divorce. In the beginning there was, there was commitment that you kept. Well how can I do that? If they don't do you can do it. You can do it. You, you do what you want to do in spite of them right now anyway. Come on now, let's not get stupid here. Let's be honest. And so these things are, are, are things that you need to plow through. Attitudes have to be plowed through if they prevent the word from being planted in your heart and prevent you from doing what's expected of you according to God's word they need to be plowed through. You got to break that up. You got to uh, let God show you how to get that broken up, so that you can can be productive. You can have everything God is, is uh, called for you. Because this isn't just a choice of what you want, like a Chinese menu. If there's a um, a purpose and a plan for your life, that means that you have to accept every step in the plan can't skip over some because you don't think you want to be bothered with that right now and so you have to go through every step in that plan and fulfill every step in that plan if you don't you're in rebellion against god and it's not going to work for you you may think you'll or you'll get a little bit of blessing from god but you'll struggle all the time because there's an area of your life you don't have it's like god giving you 10 acres of land and you only plow two because you're too lazy or too scared or too whatever you just well we just never plowed that i, I don't know what will happen if i go out we'll go out there and see you plow that just like you plowed a little two that you've been living off of because you don't want to put forth the energy to plow the rest of it so that plow is very important to prick the soil to get it loosened up to receive the seed you cannot plant any seed in overgrown hardened earth. Packed down earth that can't be planted. So the Holy Spirit will come in. When you least expect him to. And soften your heart. About things. And about people especially. You know we get hardened against people so easily. And and we, figure, we'll, we feel we're justified. But it's never justified. And there's a command to love and to forgive. Just like you want to be loved and forgiven. But I don't do everything wrong like they do. Oh, yes, you do. You're blind on top of it. Well, so we have to understand these things are necessary. So the plow was was then uh, pulled by an ox. Generally, that was the beast of burden that they preferred. And two team of oxen, if you uh, you know wanted to make the work a lot lighter. The ox is always a symbol of strength in the word so you say oh I thought sewing you know you just took it out of the closet and gave it away or you took it and and you know the money and you put it in the envelope I'm gonna tell you it takes more strength to do that than you would imagine huh yeah because your soul is going to fight you to do it. See that that will be the biggest. That takes the strongest person. To make that decision to do that. And do it consistently. Mm. To do it consistently. Mm you make a decision that you're going to give uh 10 percent of everything you have until you do it consistently for and some people have to do it for years and then the devil will come years down the road and attack their finances and they're they're struggling again they thought i don't understand how this happened i used to just give i used to didn't have to it's gonna happen so it takes strength to move against the kingdom of darkness because that's where we live and we see everything in the natural all the time you you got natural things you got to take care of so your strength will come in holding on to god's word and making the decision to get it into the ground no matter what the weather looks like oh it looks like it's going to be too cloudy if i go out there i'll get caught in the rain well you might have to make that decision to do that see or the sun's really hot maybe i'll wait for a day when the sun's not shining so but you might be waiting till winter you may never get that in the ground. <clears throat> Psalm eighteen one says I love thee O Lord my strength. You got to have God in you. Helping you to make these decisions and stick to them. So as we meditate on the word we really take on the strength of God. Psalm 118. In verse I think it's 14 let me check it this is a good one 118 14 the Lord is my strength and my song (laughs) once you take on strength you better start getting happy about it it'll stay with you longer Amen. If you can do some things, <laughs> that's why we play music during the offering. Huh? Get you all excited and get you <laughs> get you up on your feet. Make out the check. Let's come and dance before the Lord. Rejoice before Him. The Lord is my strength and my song. If you can be joyful and singing in your heart about what you're doing, you'll do it longer, and you'll do it more consistently because that attitude of joyfulness sustains you it's a help to you it's a strength to you it strengthens you even the all the more because you're able to make the decision and feel good about it never make the decision to give something to the lord and then let the devil rob you of the joy because that attitude will carry over to the next time you have to give and it'll make it even harder and the next time and the next time and it'll hinder your your faith for your return because you still got to believe God for the harvest. That that, that seed is going to stay in the ground. You don't just plant the seed and walk away and not tend it. You've got to depend on the rain to come and make that seed flourish and prosper. So you got to pray for rain. you got to rejoice in God. you got to keep the joy flowing. Because you need to have that atmosphere so that growth can come to that seed that you planted many times people look at the natural they plant a seed and then look at the natural wonder if the seed's going to come forth wonder when god's going to do it wonder how long i'm going to have to wait for this wonder 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 well instead of doing that let him become your song start to rejoice that the seeds in the god devil i got that seed in the ground you didn't get it this time Huh? I remember someone uh, had said that they were uh they really had planned to send an offering to the ministry and they uh, uh some of our friends that lived in Canada and uh the woman got pregnant and had twins and she just couldn't get over to get to the meeting she said oh i really missed the meeting and so we'd send her tapes and stuff like that and she said well i'm believing god for for she said i'm expecting some money to come and she kept saying she was expecting it and it you know was delayed delayed and so finally she sent me a check and she sent me a load in there a little note in there and she said well the devil didn't get this ha i said it before he got his hands on it (laughs) that's kind of funny (laughs) but i thought about that and i said you know she really is a struggle to get that seed in the ground sometimes you know you'll, you'll have to fight all kinds of natural elements you'll have to fight within yourself you got to fight the natural and the supernatural to do it but you can do it you can get it in there if you determine in your heart to do it and don't get weak and don't get whiny and don't get over on the devil's side about it you know don't worry about what's going to come god will take care of you mm-hmm. yes absolutely so, um, <clears throat> increase comes with the strength of God. Mm-hmm. Increase comes with the strength of God. In Proverbs 4 4, it says, Where no oxen are, the crib is clean. But much increase is by the strength of the ox. Amen. So yep. There's a much increase is with the strength of the ox. So whenever you have an ox employed. Like the farmer had one employed. The the, crib that they eat from was always full of hay. Because that was what you needed to produce. That strength is what brought in the increase. So uh, when the Bible tells us to be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the word. In obedience to the word. <clears throat> don't put any of the word. Don't check it off your list. And say that's not for me. Just because you haven't done it before. You know. To keep your heart open to what God would do for you. It says in Proverbs 24. 4, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all pr- precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong. Hmm? A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. So, knowledge and understanding increase you in strength and wisdom. Mm-hmm. This it, it is a how-to in God that's there all the time. It's just there all the time. You don't have to wonder about it. You don't have to. When when an obstacle comes before you you just say well god you know i know you're going to show me how to get past this thing so i'm i'm waiting for you to to get me through this see we've got some stupid uh utility bills that are way too high now i could trip and get nervous and upset but they're not going to cut nothing off and they're not going to get that money either you got me they're going to they're going to be fair with us and they're going to treat us the right way they're not going to rob from us you got me it's just this just what you do you don't you don't allow the enemy to rob It's because god has a way to stop that okay you'll stop it but you got to stand and you got to believe and you have to be passive about shrug everything off and you know whiny and weepy and don't want to fight and you know this is this is not christian is not christianity is not for wimps trust me we don't come from we don't come from wimpy we come from strong we come from a line of people that were stoned to death for their words we come from a line of people that were, were sawn asunder and, and boiled in, in oil, boiled alive. And all that kind of stuff burned at the stake for their words. You got me? And so we don't come from wimpy whiny. We come from strong because God is our strength. And so we, we have to realize that there's a strength inside believers if we will advance in it. It comes to all believers Instead of pushing it down and saying it's not God or something like that or we're scared to talk like that or we're scared to step out and do something. We have to understand that it's there for us to do. The other tool that the uh, the farmer used was a goad. And that was a uh, an instrument, uh, uh, was a stick that had a little piece of metal on it uh, that he would use to uh, tickle the ox so that he would move forward you know you just did it to spur him forward Uh, if you you tap them pretty good they'll move forward when they got wanting to stop they knew where to go because that that goad was applied and so a goad is something that will spur you to action Mm -hmm. so the revelation of God really is your goad when the word comes to you and that light comes in. And you get that rhema from God. That should spur you to action. That's not God just telling you something to make you feel good. Or telling you something because he wants to just rap with you and sit and talk to you. And boy I really enjoy talking to you. And you don't ever get up and do anything I tell you. That's not God. You got me? God is the one who. in, And to be honest with you. That revelation comes to people who use it he's not giving it to people that won't get up and use it Mm -hmm. so you know many times people want to say they understand this about the spirit world and that about the what what type of ministry do you have that you use all this well you know i'm i'm really i'm in the phase now no you're not you in, you're in la la land you're not getting anything from god god doesn't give to people he's not like you know the the colleges and stuff that we have where you can just pay and go and get a degree and just line your paper with them i mean your walls with them You, you you god gives you to those who use he'll give more you got me he'll he'll give more to people who already have you have because you use you have because you're seeking there are a lot of people that need wisdom in God if they don't ask him for it they're not going to get it he you know he can't give it to somebody that doesn't have a door of faith open so you can receive it so if you're a seeker and you seek him with your whole heart you're not half-hearted about it you know well I thought I wanted to know that but it's okay you know he's not coming to people like that he's coming to the hungry those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He'll he will speak to that. He'll answer that. He'll tell you what that's about. But you better operate in it. Or you won't get anything else. You know he's not a God that just passes out trophies. So that you can say well I got my degree from so and so so and so university. I have my uh you know, <laughs> there's all these people running around here with doctor, this and that. I mean, it's like in a weekend. You know, last weekend you were just you. Now, this weekend you doctor somebody. You know, I mean, it's just so, so foolish. Um, y- you don't have any power in God. I mean he's not a piece of paper. That doesn't give you any power with God and it doesn't give you any influence, see, in the right places. You want to you want to fulfill the Great Commission. There's still go you you know, is, okay, doctor so and so, when was the last time you, you preached the gospel and laid hands on the sick and you know? What's what's doctor doing for you? And so we we have to understand that we can get way off the track of where we're supposed to be in God by not understanding that to whom much is given much is required to him who has more will be given so you, you've got to what, to get it from God you've got to be u- utilizing what he gives you you've got to be in his will he tells you to go into all the world and preach the gospel he expects you to be doing that he doesn't expect you to be sitting up in somebody's school collecting degrees so that you can say you're this that or the other that's so foolish going backwards now most of us had more sense than that the first day we were saved because when you first save you can't beat us telling everybody about jesus and then later on you can't you know we're, oh, well you know people you can't say that on my job but every we all start out with the same real reality of god that's a revelation and if you don't continue to use that it'll slip from you and then the rest of it that you start pulling is religion you just get more religion more religion and more religion more excuses for not obeying god so anyway in matthew 13 i thought we would stop there for a bit how much uh, time do we have miss juana Oh, okay, good. So Matthew uh, chapter 13, we have there the parable of the seed and the sower again. But I thought I would uh, take you through it in a way where where we can understand and get stirred up to really be producers for God. You know, really be uh, managers, resource managers for God. And ambassadors for him. And, and take care of this earth in the way he wants it taken care of. It's not a literal earth anymore. It's a realm of the spirit type thing. We get our orders in a spiritual fashion through the Holy Spirit and by God. And God wants us to take care of things uh, in the way that he can, can get things into the earth to help humanity. He wants us to move by His power, so that He can, by His power, help humanity. Because natural help is not going to last very long. Now natural help will get you through some difficult times, but it doesn't doesn't sustain and doesn't last. It's the spiritual that's really going to help people. So, <clears throat> in uh, verse eleven, I think he says, "You know, uh, this he's told this parable once already." And he says here. He in verse 9. He who has ears to hear. Let him hear. Now that's a a warning for us. To understand. That this parable is locked away. From carnal knowledge. It's locked away from carnal knowledge. Uh, You can prove that. Give it to one of your sinner friends. To. To uh, tell you what it means or read it to you and say what what does that mean anything to you? Well I guess it means that you got to put some seed in the ground. It's different seeds and you know just go on and on and on. It takes the Holy Spirit to give you revelation. So it's a parable until the Holy Spirit opens up understanding to you. And many times it's not opened up on a personal one on one level. Many much of the revelation God gives he gives through ministry gifts because that's his system. See, the Bible says he will do nothing unless he reveals a secret to his servants, the prophets. And so these things get released into the earth and they're picked up and and delivered and picked up and delivered and picked up and delivered and picked up and delivered. And And so this is very important for us to understand. You know, this will cut out a lot of this Lone Ranger nonsense uh, that people go through when they think that, you know, they don't want to listen to certain Preachers, or they find one they like or they channel surf and find three they like and all that kind of stuff you know you, you can't shop for who you like you got to be led by God to where he wants you to be and so he won't uh, he won't just let you call the shots like that you've got to Be in a place where your eyes and your ears are opened. So in verse 10 it says the disciples came and said to him why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it's not given. Hmm. So, to those who are now what's the difference between disciples and Pharisees, well, it's a big difference. you can see a lot of differences, but the disciples basically followed Jesus from a pure heart. You can sit next to somebody, the same person in church for years, and you get more out of the word than they get they go out to apply the word they're all frustrated and crazy and angry and upset and you know for surety that god's gonna do yours you know what makes the difference somebody's in there and somebody's on the outside to so somebody still getting confused every time they listen to it and the other person is receiving it because they have ears to hear. Always understand that ears to hear re- refer to your inner man being alert and attentive to God's word. And your flesh man don't even come to church. He's not even on the on the agenda today. You know many times people hold on to too much nonsense to be able to be open to hear what God has to to say you know through through people you just uh, you know the, one of the biggest things the enemy will do is get you offended by something in church you know just, you just know, yeah i like the way they talk here and i don't know everybody always asking you how you doing they give you testimony and you know just, some people just you know if you give them bread they argue with that if you don't give them bread they argue with that they just don't like anything And so they are are, uh, set to be offended by something. Now if you're offended God tells you what to do about it. And it's you to go to that person yourself one on one and get it resolved. Well they never do that. You know why? Because they know they're wrong. Because if they were come to somebody and say, "Well, I'm sorry, I was mad at you," and person said, "Well, I didn't even notice," huh? And they know that that they're holding on to something that's nonsense, but they hold on anyway. Mm-hmm. And years down the road, they're still at the baby level in their Christianity. I don't understand why everybody else can do this and I can't do it. Well I can tell you. Can I raise my hand and answer teacher? Huh? It's because you're stuck in not obeying God. First off he tells you to forgive. That's the first thing, the first empowerment at the tomb that Jesus gave the disciples. Why? Because they need it the most. You need that one more than you need any of the others. If you learn how to walk in forgiveness, you're open to the revelation of God. See, you're on God's side then. So then he can. He says you're within and people who don't forgive are on the outside. They live in self-righteousness. They're right all the time and all the other preachers and, and Christians in the world are wrong. Mm-hmm and that's how they see life so we have to be careful that we follow the Lord with a pure heart you just can't come and sit and, and And be a member of the number in your heart, not be into it. you won't get anything, so that's why you see a difference like that. Some people grow and produce and even though they make a lot of mistakes that's that's the thing that baffles a lot of people. people who are religious people that just want to be offended and watch and all of that kind of stuff. It baffles them when they see people make mistakes and then still make progress. They don't understand that. They think if if you make a mistake you get disqualified and never get back. And they don't want to see you get blessed. If you, you make your mistakes and you let God correct you. And you come to the altar and get prayer and all that kind of stuff. They don't like that kind of stuff. They can't figure that out. So they're still trying to figure out God's mind. is why they don't understand how to humble themselves. And get an understanding of a parable that really once you let the Holy Ghost show you instead of trying to know everything with your doctor degree then you (laughs) you know then you can it's for the humble folks it's for people who really hungry for God's knowledge and humble themselves and the last thing he told you to do you got up in a hurry you ran and did it and you came back for more to do that's that's the person God wants us to be that's who he wants us to be so anyway jesus says it's given to you to know but to them it's not given it could be it could be all they need is a change of heart and it could be given to them as well he says for whoever has to him shall be given and he shall have more abundance so as you use what god's given you you'll have more abundance and you'll have you'll 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 continue to increase because you use what you had and you please God. Don't let a week go. God gives you something in the meeting today. You, you seek for a way to, to cause that to be worked into your prayer. Into your confession. Into your believing. Into something. Put it to use in some way. He says but whoever has not from him that shall be taken away even that he has. So he says you're going to lose. If you don't get busy getting your heart right. So that I can give you something and use it. That, that you have will be lost to you as well. Mm-hmm. It's you know the, the person that's always too busy uh, to do much for God. You know they come sporadically. They don't want you God forbid that you see them consistently and, and they, you start expecting them. I don't want that. You don't expect me. I'm going to get lost. Makes them very uncomfortable. See those people whose hearts are not pure before God. They can't commit. They can't commit even though it's helping them. You know, if you let it help you, it'll help you. I tell people all the time, if you've been in this ministry for any length of time, you're still sick, you're still broke, somewhere something's broken down. You've got to get moving here and start using what God's giving you so he can give you more. But you won't get any more if you haven't used what you've got already, you won't get any more. You start using it. Put it in your prayer and your confession. Thank God for it. Begin to worship God. God, I thank you for that revelation about, you know, the seed, about the Holy Spirit uh being the, the goad that pushes me and stirs me to get moving and that kind of stuff I'm going to let the Holy Spirit move me more you know so I can sow better sow better seed and I can get better return on what I sow I can live better I can bless people better that kind of thing and so just always put it to use you know, Jesus says that what you have you'll get in abundance if you already got stuff he'll give you more stuff in abundance. He says, therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they don't see, hearing they don't hear, and neither do they understand. He says, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, by hearing you shall hear and not understand, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross. See, it's a heart problem. It's a heart thing. It's all that's wrong their eyes are dull of hearing their ears they've closed listed any time see they can that can be they can be converted and that'll reverse Mm -hmm. they think they're saved but they're sinners Mm -hmm. they think they're blessed but they're not and so you know those church leaders if they didn't have blind people to lead around they wouldn't have anything see it's leading people after their own kind he said but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear why because of the condition of their heart your heart is is pricked and and tender by the holy spirit you're not trying to resist god and resist what he wants to do you're not easily offended when you're offended you don't run and not come back anymore and you know, pretty soon you'll get backed in a corner. You won't have anywhere to go. You know, you just you have, just have to be open. I can remember there were times where I, I when I first began understanding the things of God, um, there were times when I would would uh, go to meetings, and I was the only black person there, and that doesn't make you feel comfortable in the natural. But I knew God sent me there. And I can look at people's faces they look at you they're not happy you're there some of them. You got me. But you're going to have that no matter where you go. I mean if it's everybody's the same color as you are you're going to have a problem with people if you look at people. And I realized I was not there for people I was there to receive from God. And so once you cross that line where you know you're there to receive from God and you're not there for their faces, for their attitude, for their anything like that. Then you can receive from God and you can be comfortable where you are. But yet there are people that will come into a place and and, you know if they get somewhere and uh, you know the People don't they don't get you know treated like they think they're supposed to get treated then they don't want to do that anymore you know it you know it was before it was we had a a thing that uh, with the car wash in Cleveland now everybody wants to come in the morning. You understand what I'm saying? Nobody wants to make that trip at night. And I understand some people work in the mill and they can't be there, but that's not everybody. Now that you, you know, they see you come and they want to jump on board with you. They see you doing it. I got to do it because they doing it, and so forth and so on. You know, you can't let the devil rob from you like that. You can't let him rob from you like that because if there's something that's causing you discomfort. And it's part of God's plan for you. You better tough out the discomfort because you're going to need whatever that thing is doing on the inside of you. You're going to need that. And see I couldn't stay stuck in a, a one race in a racial church. A racial mentality about worship. Because that's not what God's called me to do. In fact he didn't call nobody to do it. We do it and we tolerate it because it's always been that way but if you're a prophet and you're announcing the coming of the lord in god's kingdom you can't have a kingdom of all one color you got to have a kingdom that embraces people of every color so you're going to have to do what you got to do and tough it out until it don't bug you no more and you don't let it bug you anymore you know you don't make a big deal out of it. So we have to have these situations where if we're uncomfortable in the natural you can't jump off the boat and go get comfortable. You got me? Because God's uncovered something on the inside of you. See that doesn't want to yield to him. And it'll shock you. You'll say well, no that's not my problem with that. I just you know you better check it. We'll check and see what your real problem is there. Because if you miss what God has is trying to do for you, you there are going to be other things that you'll need faith for, and it won't be there. Mm-hmm. People, they don't add right. See, I add it all up. Everything that's, that's kingdom and that's, that tends toward righteousness and all of that, to me, it all goes in one column see and if, if you're responding negatively towards something then you need to tough that out till that thing doesn't bug you and lead you around anymore because that's the thing that's stealing from your opportunity for promotion it'll steal you for an opportunity for advance in god's kingdom it'll steal from your opportunity to get further revelation i'm telling you the devil's slick and i'm telling you that's how he works and I'm telling you, you need to cut the shenanigans and say, God, okay, now, I haven't been going to the car wash the night before. You know, uh, if this isn't right in me, I'm, uh, let me get rid of it. So let me get straight here so when, when it comes up, when I need something from you, I know the heart is clear and it's right. And, and what I need to further me in this other area can get planted in there and I can move on in power. Uh, somebody else needs to say amen you got me because this is how the devil robs from us and we think it's just a small thing but it's a heart thing and a heart thing is never a small thing it's never small it's something that's gotten in your heart that's robbing you of obeying God. Where you used to do it. You quit doing it now. Because it's got comfortable. Because you see other people doing it. See this is how the enemy does. He robs through that stuff. Rob you in a minute. You're looking for God to bless you over here. And you hit a wall. And you don't understand why you can't plow through that wall. Whatever it is that's in your heart. That's hindering you from obeying him in one area. You won't be able to plow through that wall on. You need to get free. You need to free yourself up. Uh, Yeah it's easier to sleep in your own bed. But see when other people are there working. You come in the middle of it. Uh, You don't think you're missed. God misses you. Listen Pastor Baba going to do what she going to do. Whether y'all there or not. Trust me. But God missed you and you don't get checked off for of that or you don't get to plant that seed or whatever but you know those things will creep into your heart and you'll think it's okay because somebody else is doing it huh? but it's not right for you it's right for them but not right for you so you better find out from God what's right for you and do it don't let the enemy rob you with something that seems that small but it's important to God you know that's like the uh, ministers. You know they used to pray their way to every engagement, and didn't care how they got there. I'll go coach. I'll go on a bus. I'll drive whatever, and then they get into some arenas where they'll write you a check for five thousand dollars and put you up at a nice hotel, all that kind. Well, God wants to reward people. You know if you've been faithful and you've been sowing and you've been. But he don't tell you to demand that from everybody. And you don't go now to other places because they don't pay you that much. Or you don't don't go to service, or you know you send people a letter. And instead of saying we'll collect a love offering you put a dollar amount on there as a minimum to what you'll accept if you'll come and preach for them. I get that all the time, folks. You think, "Now, nah, yeah, it sounds rough, crass, and carnal," and trust me, it is. God don't like it, but we get that all the time from people. Well, you know, uh, I have to have so and so travel with me, and they do nothing but eat and sleep. <laughs> huh? I would say you could have brought your wife. If that's all it was going to be about, she probably would have liked a little treat. <laughs> But see, we got to take our hard-earned money, faith money, and pay for their assistant to come travel with them. Just because they have some goofy idea that they look wonderful to people because they can put demands, you know, that makes you feel important because you can demand certain things from people. It's foolishness. I thought to myself, man, where are the real servants of God? (laughs) You know, the kind that, you know, just say, whatever y'all do is fine with me you know you know i'm glad to be there well you know i'm I'm trying i'm gonna get a good message for you i'm gonna pray about your message and whatever whatever and we'll have a good time in the lord whatever god gives me for you i'll you know i'm there for the, the duration and you serve you're not there to be served If you get something in return, it's a blessing. It's because God saw fit to send it your way because He appreciates what you've been doing and you've sown toward that and you received it. But you don't demand it from people and gouge the saints. Everybody who does that has a short, you know, they short out somewhere. After a while people don't want to be around them. And maybe they should just have their own meetings anyway or something. So they can do what they want to do. You know what I'm saying. But after a while it just gets to be a thorn. You know you look at people's names. they are oh, brother. You know, if we call so and so we're going to have to put up with this, this, this and this. That's not right. It's not right. People should be able to pray. And if God puts your name there it should be no sweat. You know, I know God wants me to have them, and it's going to work out, and we won't have to feel like we've been robbed when we, when they leave here. So, mm-hmm. so in verse eleven, Jesus talks about who it's given to, who it's not given to. Verse twelve is talking really about revelation. Revelation begets revelation, and it's because revelation that's used begets other revelation if you get understanding understanding begets understanding if you have understanding that makes your witness so much better it makes your your testimony so much stronger you can you can you're not you're not just talking at people you understand how to slow down and you can have a conversation with them and 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 minister to them that kind of thing verse 18 he picks up the parable again and begins to explain it to them. This all has to do with heart condition. If you hear the word of the kingdom and you don't understand it. Then the devil will come and catch away even that little bit that was sown. So it is possible to have the word sown in your heart for a season and have it stolen. Now you see that oftentimes with gift empowerments. Like say for instance the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If people are in a, not, in a, a traditional church where they are not spirit filled. And they say they go to a meeting where there is an altar call for people to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they go back to the church that doesn't support that. They won't pray in tongues. In fact they will speak against the gift that they have been given. So you know that they their heart was open to receive it at one point. Now sometimes it looks like people are just going to the altar call because everybody's going. but trust me, God is working on people. and if He works on that person enough to get them baptized in the spirit, then that heart received that word that word was planted in there then as soon as they received it they go back to the crazy church and the devil tells them oh those that's the devil that you got you better not oh let me hear it oh that's the devil you know that kind of stuff everybody's checking you out all of a sudden they don't have any holy spirit to get you baptized in but they know that ain't right same thing with healing You go and get healed and you go back and then you try to live over there in the land of of you know, we don't believe you know, and then that gets stolen from you. You know, you were healed for a season, that word of healing came into you, and then the enemy came and stole it away. It's like we hear the word right now. Trust me, there's a devil sitting on your shoulder before you even get out the door to tell you that you can't do that or you know what did we learn today oh well it was good but I couldn't tell you what the details but you know it's stolen already you know at least for your mind and so you want to make sure it gets grafted in your heart and it stays in there and so that's why many times uh, you know when we teach we have a body of understanding to teach and we teach consecutively to make sure it sticks you need to come to church five days a week, you know, I mean, seriously, because it's so hard to live in a sinful world and hang on because everything that comes to you feeds the natural and the spirit seldom gets fed. Or if you, you know, if, if you have a place where God's called you to. Then you you know you can get planted and you can depend on God to to help you through that individual because He sees the relationship and He called you to that relationship. But I double dog dare you to try to live off a of Christian television and channel serve man you find fifteen people who contradict each other and then the next guy gets something else and you got you end up scratching your head more confused huh than you were before you ever sat down there. Now I know there's some really good people over there but you're not called to that as feeding for yourself and that's it. So revelation begets revelation, Jesus says here, you hear the word and you don't underst- and you don't un- and you understand it not. See, understanding is a key. Now how do you get understanding? Mm-hmm. We we'll get it through meditation. You let that word stick. You get that word and you say. God I don't really understand a lot of this. What? what did we? That's meditating. See that's digesting it. And letting your, your mind work it out with God. Until you get it. Oh, you got to get it. It's got to be in there. And he says. He that received in stony places. Is he hears the word. And it jumps up and down. Now I could tell you fifteen preachers on T V to get that response, and most of their people don't live for God. They receive it with joy. Oh, I like that scripture. Oh, you know, they on their feet for half the sermon. But the fruit's not there to prove that they're really receiving that word. See? Because they receive it with joy. Means that your, 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 your head understands it and your heart gets a little bit. Because if you really are understanding the word. Your spirit man wants to draw more of it. And he's not just jumping up wanting to let everybody know he's excited about the word. He can draw and draw and draw for a while. You got me? So people can receive it with joy. But it has no root in there. They think that that experience is just to hear the word and get excited and go home and live for the devil till the next time you get in church and come back, get excited about it again, go live for the devil. And then they never see themselves as embracing that word, confessing it, saying it, expecting it. Letting that word be nurtured in them and produced for them. They never see that that word that you heard back in there and you got excited about it. Is really to to benefit your life in such a way that that thing actually happens for you in your life. You get few testimonies of people that really have the word happen for them. After they sit in here and they're faithful churchgoers and come twice a week, got a Bible, take notes some of them, till they jump up and get excited and then the notes stop. But praise (laughs) the Lord. You know, some people get upset if they can't just jump up and talk the whole time you're trying to preach or clap the whole time. You just sit down. You ain't got enough to get excited about. (laughs) You got excited over that little bit. Sit down. I got some more. You'll really flip out when I give you this. Huh? (laughs) <laughs> I was in a church like that when I was first saved and you see all kind of antics and shenanigans going on there and very little fruit to show that they believe anything that they heard the devil come after them for their kids well you know I didn't raise my kids like that well how did you raise them or are they raised yet is this the end of the story you not going to fight the devil for your kid what you do shrugging your shoulders and weeping like this is about you, which that's probably the problem. But that's a whole nother. Amen. That's true. The one that received it in thorns. Here's the word: the cares of this world. Ooh, whew. The minute you get out and look at your checkbook and find out you made a mistake, Ed. Wow. Cares of this world deceitfulness of riches. You go and buy something. You spent too much on it. And then when it's time to pay for it you're all upset. Because you didn't do what God told you to do. Make your request known to him. You jumped over God in in a fit of thinking that was going to make you happy. And now you're all sad again because you got to pay for it you ask God for it he bring it into your life in such a way that it would be a blessing to you so then you're mad because you don't think the word's working for you he mad at God because you short again you shorted yourself he that received on good ground hear the word embrace it meditate on it obey it God says that he's going to prosper you just keep sowing until you get prospered he says he'll bring up for some 30, uh, uh, 160 fold. It's, it's no limit to how much that word will produce in your life. If you let your heart stay pure with it. Let it get in your heart and then let god speak to you regarding that let him begin to talk to you and get you to the place where you know that you know that you know that you understand it you know how to use that word you expect it to come to pass you expect god to come and help you and in everything that you do you're not jumping the gun on anything you know and, and getting ahead of God because you're so excited about something. You know many times people get excited. No oh, I'm going to prosper. I'm going to prosper. And, I'm prosper, and they go and jump around and start doing stuff. Trying to create their own prosperity. Wind up in debt. If you have to go in debt to prosper you better question it's not God. Right. Kenneth Copeland's ministry started from a pencil. You know. Hundred million dollar ministry it started from a pencil so it's not like you got to have money to get money in God's kingdom now if you want to do it real fast if God's not moving fast enough for you then maybe you need to figure out a way to accelerate your growth you know that's possible you know, I mean, if, if, if but you find a way to do it in God. You just don't want it. You got me? You see, anybody can get excited about accelerated growth. But if you're not willing to do what it takes to do it, don't get excited about it. Because it's going to take more diligence than you have right now Amen. to accelerate you. It just don't come overnight and drop into your lap. Amen. See, if you're impatient at the level you're at now, don't get excited about more. Curb your enthusiasm a little bit. Got me, and and just stay on an even keel. Let God bless you. Learn how to be a good steward. Let that increase and multiply. But you can't put a rush on a seed because you've been disobedient with what you had. Amen. He still hasn't helped you any. See. God's not trying to get us out of, out of trouble that we create for ourselves by our own lack of patience. Bible says that the farmer wakes patiently for the harvest. Because you know it's coming you know you're working toward it you know what you've done you understand God's laws and you don't have any problem letting God take his time bringing it to you. You know because that's what it takes. And so if, if we will allow God's laws to work for us and through us we won't lack any good thing. But I'm telling you you can't beat this system. There's no quick, fast, dirty way to prosperity in God. You're going to have to obey his laws. Keep your heart right toward God and everybody else. Make sure that you don't skip over anything. You're not trying to do things for comfort's sake. Because you don't want to face certain things. And you're afraid of certain things. And you just tired of people. And you don't want to be bothered with you. Ah, you can't get like that, sweetie. You can't get like that. That won't bless you one little bit. But if you'll stay true to God. And you run into these problems and hindrances in your life. You let him remove them for you. You let him deal with these things for you. You'll find out that you'll have a very rich and a very prosperous life. Because of what God does for you. Amen. Why don't we stop. Father in heaven we thank you. For giving us understanding. And giving us wisdom. Giving us what we need today Father. That we can be good stewards of your word. We can be blessed by your word. We can be encouraged and increased by your word. So we thank you, Lord, for your holy word. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. If anybody needs prayer.